St. John Paul II famously quoted, or famously is quoted, in saying, As the family goes, so goes the nation. And so goes the whole world with it. He's pointing out the crucial connection of the family's impact and the family's role in society. And what we see, and especially in the past century, and especially recent years, is a breakdown of the family. In a number of different ways, and a number of different reasons, we see divorce statistics are increasingly higher and higher. We see uh, children growing up in homes with divided and separated families are with single mothers. We see um, uh, people are waiting longer and longer even to get married. And once they get married, young couples are waiting longer and longer to have kids if they even have them. And so there's all of these reasons throughout society that for whatever reason or another is contributing to the breakdown of the fundamental building block of society, namely the family. And the statistics are also pretty clear. There's been a lot of research that's been done on this, and the research keeps highlighting the same thing, that children who grow up in a home without a dad have an increased risk to be in poverty, to end up in prison, and to have academic and behavioral issues growing up. Now, it's not hopeless. I myself was raised by a single mom, and I turned out pretty okay. So if you're sitting in there already getting discouraged by the beginning of this homily, be not discouraged. There's always hope. But there is a real effect that the breakdown of the family is having, not just on those individual families, but society as a whole. And so what are we to do? How are we to respond? And can we do anything? Is there anything to be done? And I do want to highlight that, yes, there's a number of things that can be done. But particularly as we celebrate Father's Day today, I want to spend some time reflecting on the role of the father. Because fatherhood is so much more than biology. Being a father is so much more than just biological fathers. In fact, in addition to biological fathers, we have very good men who are stepping up as foster fathers and stepfathers and spiritual fathers and perhaps simply just being a father figure for someone else's children by being that steady and consistent masculine presence in someone else's life. And so fatherhood is far and wide, but there is something that unites all fathers, especially as they contribute to their role in the family. And that's the fact that all fatherhood comes from God the Father. Every bit of fatherhood that we experience in this life is a reflection, is an image of God the Father. But even that can still be really hard to put our hand upon, can, can be really difficult for us to grasp and, and to make sticky, to make really uh, vivid in imagery, because God the Father is not as vivid as God the Son, Jesus Christ. 
We have the face of Christ, but the face of God the Father is really difficult for us to really grasp. And what is that role and what does it look like? Well, in order to be better fathers, we have to first become better men. And the quintessential man, the ideal man that has ever existed is Jesus Christ. And where did Jesus Christ learn how to be a man was in his own family by a man that God chose to be his earthly father. And so I'd like to spend some time on St. Joseph today because there's a lot of avenues in which we can highlight the good aspects of fatherhood. There's so much that we could say here, but, but particularly from St. Joseph, I want to highlight three things that, that we can learn from St. Joseph that will make all of us, be, all the men, be better men and therefore better fathers. Whether you are a biological father or not, we can still become better men and therefore better father figures in society. And so the first quality of St. Joseph that I like to point out is that St. Joseph, before he was a foster father, was an obedient son. St. Joseph, we know, was described as a righteous man in the beginning of Matthew's Gospel. This term righteous is used all throughout Scripture with great reverence. Righteousness, meaning devoted to the Mosaic Law and putting God first above everything else in his life, being faithful and being honorable, that St. Joseph had this reputation, so much so that it was worth mentioning in the Gospels that he was a righteous man. And we see him act in this righteousness, most especially whenever he listens to the will of God and responds in great haste. We know that it seemed as though Mary was conceived by some other man before she lived with Joseph. And, and the Lord reveals himself in a dream to Joseph and confirms to St. Joseph probably what he already intuited, namely that, yes, it is true that Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And not only did the Lord want to tell him that, yes, that was true, to clear up any doubts that may have been there, if they were, but, but in fact to call St. Joseph into a, a special role into the family of God, into raising the child, the God-child himself, to call St. Joseph into this special mission. And St. Joseph responded in great haste. He, he takes Mary, the pregnant woman, into his home and, and, and brings, him, brings her to the city of David, Bethlehem, for the census. Over a hundred mile trek. We see St. Joseph modeling a life of prayer and discernment of God's will. Because he understood first that his primary identity is a son of God the Father. And his humble obedience with which he lived his life prepared him to be a better foster father to God the Son. And so dads, what we can learn is that the biggest thing in the way of a healthy family life is oftentimes a father's ego. 
a dad's ego can really be poisonous and detrimental to the entire family. But what we can learn from St. Joseph is that fatherhood is not about power. Fatherhood is about first recognizing our identity as sons from God the Father. And our authority as fathers comes as a role of a servant. And it comes primarily from the grace of our Heavenly Father. So the first thing that St. Joseph was was an obedient son. Secondly, St. Joseph was a chaste and loving spouse. We know that the greatest gift that St. Joseph gave to Jesus was that he loved Mary, his mother, passionately, romantically, fully and faithfully. That St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary were a married couple. And now we know that they were a unique couple, that, that they had a special call to live a celibate life so that Mary could preserve her perpetual virginity. But nonetheless, that St. Joseph would have been attracted to what we know to be the most beautiful, enamorous woman in all of creation. And that he would have been passionately in love, serving her and devoting her his entire life. Now we know that sometimes in art, that St. Joseph is depicted as this old grandfatherly figure. And, and part of the reason that that's the case is because many artists just cannot fathom the possibility that you know, a man could actually be celibate to such a highly attracted woman. But I believe that it's possible to be holy and to live up to God's call. And although St. Joseph was called to a very unique role, I do believe, along with most of the saints in the tradition of the church, that St. Joseph was not this elderly man, but instead a young, good-looking, athletic, and able man to provide for and protect his family. Least of the reasons of which is because he had to travel long distances with a pregnant woman on a donkey to take her to the city of David. And then soon afterwards, revealed to him in a dream is that, that King Herod is after his family, and so he has to flee to Egypt. And so again, another long trek that a grandfatherly figure would have not been able to do, especially in the years before automobiles and jet planes. That this is this long trek that in the, in the middle of, you have to worry about wild beasts and treacherous roads and long journeys in the hot sun, that St. Joseph would have been a young, abled protector and defender of his family. But before he loved Jesus, he loved Mary. And he loved Jesus by loving Mary, his spouse. And the best gift that he gave to Jesus was to provide that stable home, home environment by being completely devoted and unified with his spouse. To be a chaste spouse, although um, to be a chaste spouse is to be a spouse that is that is giving to the spouse, that doesn't try to take and take advantage of, but rather to give totally and freely to the spouse. And that's what St. Joseph would have done to Mary. And so dads can learn this too because the best gift that you can give to your children as a father is to love your wife. 
and to be united with your wife, to provide that stable foundation for your children so that they can grow and flourish in that home environment. Because even though sometimes parents choose to love their kids first and their spouse second, what tends to happen is you can love your kids first, you don't necessarily all end up loving your spouse. But if you love your spouse first, you just can't help but love your children. And in fact, your children need to see what love looks like. They need to see an image of love because there's so little of it in the world today. But maybe you're out there thinking, okay, well, it's too late. I've already divorced. Or maybe you never got married in the first place. Or maybe you're not married yet. It still applies to every single man. This, again, St. John Paul II is famously quoted for saying that the vocation of every single man is the protection and elevation of the dignity of every woman. And so even if the relationship has already been severed. We can still honor women through our chastity and through the way we treat them and honor them and respect them. And we can teach our children something so valuable when as men we elevate and honor women. St. Joseph would have done that well and we can learn from him. One of the greatest gifts uh, my dad gave to me um, is the fact that even after the divorce, and there's plenty to say there, but even after the divorce, my dad was consistent in speaking highly of my mother. And that was such a huge gift to me, and it, it benefited me so well in the way that even, even afterwards for years, and even to this day, he will still speak highly of my mom, honoring her, and showing me what it looks like to honor a woman, even through his imperfections and weaknesses. So St. Joseph was an obedient son, and St. Joseph was a chaste and loving spouse. And third is that St. Joseph was a simple and ordinary father. Simple and ordinary father. And it's through those ordinary moments those ordinary, hidden 30 years in Nazareth, through the ordinary, mundane experiences of family life, that God became present, that God anointed the mundane and transformed it to become something extraordinary. And this is where holiness is born. St. Mother Teresa is often quoted by saying that if you want to change the world, go home and start by loving your family. And it's so true that the best, the next best gift that you can give to your child is by simply being there in the ordinary, by going to their sporting events, by teaching them how to mow the grass and do the ditch dishes, by tucking them in as they go to bed at night, by teaching them how to pray and teaching them how to do homework and, and supporting just the ordinary events of family life. It's here that you might get discouraged and you might feel like nothing is meaningful, but it's in fact there that everything is most meaningful because it's in the ordinary that God transforms it to be extraordinary. 
St. Joseph did this for 30 years, teaching Jesus as a carpenter in how to grow up and be a man, preparing him for his ministry and service. And dads can do the same right there in home life. And even if you're not a dad in the home, we can still be a consistent masculine presence for other people's children. We can show them what a masculine figure can be, teaching them what real strength looks like. That strength is about service and less about power. Strength is about self-control and less about taking advantage of others. If we can do that, we become better men and therefore better fathers. And families become better families and society as a whole benefits. And so, as we reflect on St. Joseph today, if you're a man, I just want you to consider, are you intentionally striving to become a better man? If so, what are you doing to do that? And if you're a woman, my question for you is, what are you doing to support men becoming better men? Are you challenging them? Are you encouraging them? to become the better men that they are called to be. Because as men become better men, fathers become better fathers, families become better families, and society as a whole gets better. No dad is perfect. But St. Joseph was pretty close. And so today we just turn to his intercession, praying for all men so that we can be better fathers. And hopefully all of us, in our small, ordinary ways, as we become more obedient sons, more chaste spouses, and more ordinary, simple fathers, we can make a real impact in the world. Amen.